What's going on, everybody? Welcome and welcome back. This is Real Reality Realness with Sean Ellis Rogers, the podcast where I, your host, Sean, dives deeper into reality television than most people watching feel is necessary and asks all the questions about what they don't want out. Today, we're diving into the real reality of Rico with a K. Rico from the immensely popular Chasing Atlanta blesses the pod today to bond with me over being from Fayetteville, North Carolina and the greatness that was instilled in us from being from our city. We talk about the meaning of music and the feeling of elevation he wants us to receive from his new album, Top Talk. We speak about real rap, our top fives, and have an extremely passionate conversation on Nicki Minaj, her impact on the culture, and what it's been doing to us lately. I find out how the show Chasing Atlanta literally saved Rico's life, and I relearn a lesson on who's really watching you when you're on TV. We have an extensive dialogue on love and hip-hop and where these reality shows are headed, as well as what Rico learned about himself from watching himself back on TV. We tease Top Talk Tuesday and so much more. Lock in while I clock in, because me and Rico take it all the way back to the 2-6 and get into it. Alrighty, Rico with a K. Thank What's you up? so much. Hi! <laughs> thank you so much for being here. No, thank you for asking me to be here. I'm really excited to talk with you. It's been, you know, we've been playing this for some minutes, so, you know, for a minute, so I'm glad that we can finally get to it. Yes, I'm just glad you found some time. I'm glad that the universe kind of slowed you down for at least a few minutes. Hey, no shade, no shade. <laughs> but honestly, I- I'm not gonna complain about you being a busy man. <laughs> honestly, and I, no, I, love I that really for you. respect that. And I think only creatives understand that. One million. Like percent. you're busy, but it's a good busy. So like we we get each other. So thank you. Yeah, like I want you to be busy. So I'm like, listen, go collect coins, bags, blessings, all the things. That okay, the go travel. Look, I've been shooting music videos out there. ASS, like it's been real crazy. Can we curse? Absolutely, please do. Okay, great. Shit, fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> OMG, let's go back a little bit, shall we? Let's do it. When did you fall in love with reality TV? Oh my god, I've always been a fan of reality TV, but the original reality TV. So like, you know, um, The Real World back in the day, um, Flavor of Love, I feel like Flavor of Love was a pinnacle. I feel like it's it started what reality TV is today. Um, so yeah, I've been a fan of reality TV for a minute, you know, just entering people's lives and seeing why they are the way that they are or the crazy drama. Um, so yeah, it's, it's all entertainment. Now, as far as Absolutely. me being a part of reality TV, that didn't happen until like four years ago because I was totally against it. Hmm. Tell me why. Um. Just the route that I seen myself for my career because I'm a musician first, you know, uh, and I, I want the sole focus to be on my art, not who I am as a person. I understand that completely. 
Um, and I, I also, you remember when Beyonce had Sasha Fierce? Mm-hmm. Just imagine seeing a reality TV show like her waking up looking crazy, her and Jay fussing and fighting, her yelling at the kids. <laughs> and then it's like, you know, you see her perform. And it's just like, oh, well, this ain't the Beyonce we know. The real Beyonce—it kills the the persona or the uh, the illusion that us artists make for certain songs. So, yeah, I appreciate that answer because I don't hear enough people appreciate the mystique of an artist anymore. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. Like I. <laughs> I don't understand why we have to know so much about people to connect to their music now when that's not how it was in the 90s. That's not how it was in the 80s. That's not how it was at any point in any time period. Why do I got to know your business to know your music? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need to know who you fucking to know your lyrics. Or those artists that, you know, create drama or something right before they drop something to gain attention and things of that nature. Like, it takes away from the art. Yeah, because if you got drama right before you drop an album, that's not going to make me listen to your music. It's not. For anybody listening to this who's about to start some shit on the internet <laughs> right before they drop a mixtape, let me it's tell old. you, it's not, that shit don't work. It's, it's not old. cute. That shit went out with, with six nines rainbow hair. But God bless him. Um, <laughs> God bless him. Can I say did story? you listen to the now? Of course, really please. Quickly. So I was in Chicago and I had red hair, like not red mm-hmm. hair, but I had black and red braids. And I okay. was like walking downtown, minding my business. And somebody, like it was a group of people in a the truck. They beep, beep, Sakashi. And I turned. Whoa. I'm like, hold up, wait, I'm in Chicago. He beat through with little jerks. I'm about to get shot at. I don't got no time I kept a do rag on my head that entire trip. That is so funny. As if Takashi Six Nine could grow a beard. Okay. God, that okay. is hilarious. Now I'm okay. slightly worried for your safety in Chicago now, but still. Okay. Listen. <laughs> Sorry to this man. We don't know being an Individual. That's why being an individual and having your own look is very, very important. Yes, I have very signature hair, so I so I completely get it. Like I'm gonna have this exact same hairstyle until I'm in the gasket. <laughs> I completely get it. I completely so you would keep the same hairstyle, but would you change the color, or is the same color same hairstyle? I would add or change the color, but the hairstyle would would be the same. I'm all for color, but okay. the, but but the look of it, like the foundation of it, would would have to be the same because I'm like an Elvira Morticia Adams type of person wow. where like they just look the exact same for mm-hmm. 200 that's- years <laughs> very yes. that's my aesthetic I and I plan on living at least 200 I plan on beating Betty Way but okay. bye to me okay we gonna come back so- to this uh, we're gonna come back to that (laughs) we're gonna come back to that we'll revisit that when we're in our early 100s and then we'll be like see i told you i love how you just said that in our early 100s yes early 100 you know because i work out and i eat yogurt you know (laughs) because you know I happen to be a really big like mortal kombat fan so i plan on having the 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 
katana storyline of like she's ten thousand years old and she looks no older mm-hmm. than twenty four. I love that. Yeah, just a fantasy. Now, <laughs> when did music come into play for you? Ooh, um, so like, well, growing up, I've always been a huge like Britney Spears fan love. and a huge J Lo fan. So. Love. Maybe when we were like, like six years old, me and my sister, we used to like put a blanket on the floor. We used to learn a little dance moves. And whenever my mother would come home from work with her friends, we used to put a talent show together. Like that's where everything started. And um, it just slowly evolved as I got older because I wanted to be that superstar. I wanted those hundreds of thousands of dancers. I wanted um, to put on a great show with lighting and, and smoke and um, a set and stuff like that. So it just, it slowly grew, um, but I didn't know. I mean, I was a chubby little, you know, Puerto Rican slash black mixed kid. Um, so I didn't have an avenue to go to. So it was probably, I was probably 14. I had wrote a speech called Fatherless Teenagers and I won hell of awards in North Carolina for that speech. Um, And I ended up turning it into a poem. And when I turned it into a poem and I started performing it, I started getting, you know, people saying like, wow, I relate to you, I feel you. And then I made it into a song called The Life of a Teenage Boy. And from there, just the just the fact that I was helping people and people would come in and tell me that and stuff like that, I knew what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to tell my own story, but to relate to other people so that we can all heal through this music. As I'm writing this, I'm healing. As you're listening to it, you're healing. We're healing together. So, uh, so yeah, so I was probably about 14. That's when music really took a, um, a pivotal stance in my life. I love that. How much has that ultimate goal changed from that 14-year-old boy to the, we don't have to discuss your age now, man that you are now? I'm 28. I'm 29 in a couple of couple of days. Uh, but uh, Word. Happy birthday! Thank uh, you! Uh, honestly, that goal has not changed at all. Well, yes, it has. It's gotten bigger or the topics has gotten, um, like they changed. So when I got on reality TV and I was talking about, you know, possibly losing my mother and traveling to a new state all by yourself while that's happening, like that's very emotional. My DMs were full. And I know people think that, oh, your DM, like you got hoes and da da da. No, I have people that really respect me, that look up to me, that will say, like, hey, I saw you crying and that really touched me. Like, my mother died, you know, during this time period, or my mother is currently sick. I relate to you. I love you. Um, and now it's getting into my sexuality. Are you a fan of Chasing Atlanta? I've been watching since day one. Okay, so when I first came on, I was very hard, very mm-hmm. like, I will actually go with the, the fans when they called me a toxic masculine um, individual. And it's only because of what I was around before I started filming, because I wasn't a gay artist before I started mm-hmm. filming. I was rapping with these straight mofos. You feel me? Like, okay, nice. I was... Nice. I, I was I was, and I'll never forget me walking inside of these rooms and me being pretty in in the straight world, me being Mm -hmm. this pretty boy 
and they think, oh, who's this, you know, this gay F-A-G-G-O-T is about to, you know, come on here. Like, what is he about to do? They're not worried about me. But as soon as I get on that stage and start spitting, oh, shit, I didn't know he was about to come up here and do that. Um, so that's how I was before. And now, oh, my God, I just shot a music video. I had a fishnet shirt on. I had a harness on. I had leather I saw on. your live yesterday. I was like, oh, okay. Word. Oh, my. Listen, um, but it's a, it's so much growth for me. Like, now I'm getting into this I don't give a fuck aesthetic. And I know that I'm helping somebody else. I'm helping a 13-year-old boy that I don't know. Can I ask you a question? Please. Really quickly. Can you name five i'll say three can you name three masculine role models that a masculine gay man can look up to um i can name one talk to me i can only name um jesus what's his name um he's a rapper as well uh the name is escaping me but i will look it up while i'm talking to you please continue um so with that being said my issue with reality tv is i didn't have those role models you feel me like yes there's they're there i don't want to say that they're not there at all but we right. can't think of them off the top of their head now if there was a feminine role model if i asked you that question you could come up with the list right now name some feminine Absolutely. role models that a 13 year old boy could look up to Kid Ken, um, we can look up to Saucy Santana, Lil Nas X, like, and and the one that I can name is not a mainstream artist. Like, that's the craziest part about it. Um, and I'm still looking. I'm so that's where that's where my purpose has, if it has changed or shifted, it's just I still want to be a role model. I still want to be. 100% 100% myself and living my truth to inspire somebody to live in theirs but right Deadly now Deadly was the rapper who? Deadly I'll look him up yes he I, I discovered him on MySpace in high school oh my god yeah that, like that's the only one that I, I that I can really name when you specifically centered in on masculine I was like ah but I can't that's, that's, one. that's <laughs> my point. goal right now. You feel me? I want to change that. I want us to start how you just named three people off the top of your head when I said, you know, feminine role models. I want the same thing for us masculine gays. You know, we don't have that. That's what I want. I want representation all across the board. We have, you know, every type of gay out there, but majority of it is... I'm trying to suck some dick, trying to ride dick. Da, 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 da. It's like, very stereotypical, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Like, yes. But yeah. Yeah, 100%. I completely feel you. Um, you know, I think when I was creating my mixtape a few years ago, I think I had that same sort of thought process, just not just not centered into the lens of 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 masculinity for me it was more so making a social statement and not necessarily trying to assimilate or to conform to what mainstream rappers are doing and like talking about money and bitches and fucking and sucking like i was talking about actual black gay and trans issues and like making social statements about the lack of representation in Mm hip-hop so i completely get get 
where you feel because I can't write music from any place but that because I'm like everybody's already talking about everything else but nobody's talking about this and this is what I actually mm-hmm. care about so seems like the lane I should be in sounds like my lane mm-hmm. I'll stay there and I respect you wholeheartedly for that thank you I appreciate that do you remember your first rap Ooh. Ooh, what was it what was it my very first rap Bitch, your first 16 right now. It no, was called Hard to Get. <laughs> really? Okay, so funny story, really quickly. Wow, I'm in a story mood today. Um, you I got my whole sing. day, babe. Go ahead. I started singing. That's how I started everything. I ha- I could hold a little tune or whatever, but I didn't have a voice, right? Mm-hmm. So I tried out for this festival that I made it the year before, and I did not make it, right? And I was so mm-hmm. bummed that I sat down and I just wrote like this little rap. I went to the studio, I recorded it, and then everybody was like, whoa, Rico, you could rap. And never in my mind did I think I wanted to be a rapper. I wasn't hard, I wasn't this, I wasn't that. Like, I'm just this kid. Um, And so from there, I just, what was the question? I'm so sorry. What was the first rap you ever wrote? (gasps) Oh, um, and it was called Hard To Get. I really Mm -hmm. forgot the verse, oh my God. But it was kind of hard to get. I had a little, I had one of my little friends, she was a girl. You know, she was in the background saying, playing hard to get. I wish I remember that verse. Uh, that is but, so yeah. dope though. The fact that you remember the name of it is enough for me. Cause I can't remember the first verse that I ever wrote either, but I do know that it was on the beat to Rihanna's Hard. So it's funny that yours was named Hard to Get. Oh my God, that's my favorite song from the Rated R album. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, my- yeah, yeah, yeah. My first gay father asked me to be in a rap group with him. And that was the first verse that I wrote was to was to that was to that beat. Back when people were still jacking for beats. I don't know if the, the um kids are doing that nowadays on the SoundClouds and whatnot. I don't even know. I, I, don't, I don't know. Look, I ain't been on SoundCloud in a minute, so <laughs> I've done in the comments and let us know what the kids are doing on SoundCloud nowadays because I have okay. an audience down in the tween circuit. Y'all tell us what what's going on over there. But <laughs> with that being said, who's your top five? Oh my God. Wow, you're asking hardest question for a rap. <laughs> you know yes. Okay, top five. Um J. Cole is my number one influence. Love. Nicki Minaj, Missy Let's Elliott. Talk. Quick pause, quick pause, quick pause, quick pause, quick pause. Because I keep forgetting, you're from North Carolina. What part are you from? Because I'm from Fayetteville. Me the fuck too. What? Not too sick. I forgot this. Listen, I did not have the um, time to go back and watch your first season. But I remember you being from North Carolina. So, So what school were you? What school were you? So I, first off, I went to an early college called Cross Creek Early College High School at FSU. Hey. And then my senior year, I went to E.E. E. Smith. So I'm a Smith baby. I'm a Smith kid. Oh, uh, well, I, well, she's a Wolverine. She's from Westover. You know, we'll okay. So we're rivals. <laughs> real blue and gray over here, but it's all right. Giving real all blue right. and gold. You know, gold and blue, but we ain't gonna do that. It's giving real rivals, but to be honest, <laughs> The whole, like, the whole time that I was in that, because, you know, she was a big cheerleader back in high school. Ah, 
my ass was dating a boy from E.E. E. Smith, so I was a traitor the whole time. New shit. Oh. What year did you graduate? If that, I don't know if that's personal. Not at all. So I am 31. 2009. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I graduated in 2012. Jeez. Ah. So you graduated when I was literally just leaving. Yep. Seville. Literally just like, like I just, I just escaped. Love that. So, oh. no shade. This J. Is Cole. The time, this is the first mm-hmm. time that I've done an interview that they're from Fayetteville. So, they, you understand J. Cole and hip-hop in Fayetteville on a different yes. level. D-80. Like, he actually means something to us in Fayetteville. So, like, when I spit, and if I ever play a song and somebody's like, wow, you sound like J. Cole. That's why. Boy? Like, it's in Boy? the DNA. Yes, period. It's so, in the DNA. So, okay, uh, J. Cole, Nicki Minaj, Missy Elliott, Kendrick Lamar, and who would be that last rapper that was very pivotal to me? Um, it would have to be like LL Cool J. Oh! Oh! I love your entire top five, but I don't hear enough people mention LL, and it pisses me off. So At thank all. you for saying that. It really gets on my nerves. Like, on my yeah, album, me so happy. on my album that I'm about to drop called Top Talk, I um I actually pay homage to him. Okay. I pay homage to LL Cool J, and I can't wait for everyone to see how. But I pay homage to him. I love him. Can I tell you a funny story? Please. So growing up, uh, my mother was a publicist. Nice. Yeah, my so she, used to, she, she used to have, you know, pictures with oh, Cool J, Tommy from Martin, Trina, uh, Trick Daddy. Like, my mother was well-connected. And so there was this... Nice. My last name is different from the rest of the families. My whole family is, you know, Anna Solomon, Tiffany Solomon. And then my last name is Del Boss. Right, mm-hmm. so I was like seven or something, and I was just like, "Why is my last name different from everybody else?" And LL Cool J was playing on the TV, and she just because he's your dad. Ooh. And I remember looking at the TV like, "Wow, he's my father," and she literally had a picture hung up with him. So in my head, I'm thinking LL Cool J is really my Yo, father. really, and mm. went to school. On fucking show and tell day, talking about some like, yes, when big on him. my mother and LL Cool J because he's my father. Like, went like, big wow. on him, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, he's he's been a bit uh, a pivotal character in my life, you know, ever since I was young. But I really do respect him in hip hop. He's one of the pioneers, and they don't give him enough credit. Actually, I didn't give him enough credit. Maybe until four months ago when I. I had to go to his discography and really listen to everything. Listen, I still listen to Rock the Bell every day. Yeah. Every day. Like, I, I still love. listen to radio. I still listen to uh, Knock You Out. I still listen to I Need Love. I still listen to Doing It, Jingling Baby. I'm still Jingling Baby. Oh my God. Go ahead, it. baby. Doing it, doing it, and doing it, and doing it well. Like, that's one song I would love to sample or cover or something like that. Actually, for his birthday next year, 2023, y'all hear it first. I want to do a LL Cool J tribute little show because I love that man. 
that and also I'm gonna throw, if you need I'm an a, opening act let me know i'll be available. okay period where are you that was another question i wanted to ask what state in alabama oh. i'm like literally oh. two hours away from you okay got you um then hell yeah and then also i want to throw salt and pepper in that melting pot as well hey yeah i wanna shoot Shoot! Literally, I can spit that whole entire song right now. Like that, that song Same. is pivotal. Um, as far as like those were some of the first raps that I learned. Mm. And I remember being a kid and rapping it, and everybody looking at me like, "Don't do that gay shit. Don't do that sissy shit. You doing that sissy shit?" And I used to hide that. But now I'm a grown ass man, and I can say salt and pepper definitely influenced me. I don't know what the hell was wrong with me because I was out here like, bitch, she's a bitch. Like, I was not fucking with you hoes. Like, 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 we have a very similar top five. Missy, Nikki, J. Cole. Like, we're very in there. Salt and Pepper. Like, I've been rapping Salt and Pepper for, like, shoot, push it. Like, I knew what they were talking mm-hmm. about. But that's just because I was young and fast. But, you know, okay. shout out to P.D. Pablo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, hey, Fayetteville. Okay. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Fayetteville, because shout out to Fayetteville, and shout out to us. I'm sorry, I have to give us our flowers really quickly, because how Fayetteville was back in our day, we couldn't mm-hmm. be us. There wasn't a lane, there wasn't a door that we can walk through, and I remember for a very long period of time before I moved from Fayetteville and moved to Atlanta for Chasing Atlanta I was the only LGBTQ artist doing things I was on tours with these straight people I'll never forget I was on this big grand tour and we had this one stop where we couldn't curse and mm-hmm. I'm a lyricist so right. no shade on the spot I can change a fuck to a what you know like Bad. I can do that and I remember all the rest of the straight artists that were on that bill they had problems and the the show directors would cut them if they started cursing mm-hmm. and afterwards they were so pissed because i was the only person that did my whole entire set and they were just talking shit amongst themselves in the group chat and they were like yeah rico like rico got that like gay high school musical shit like he can do that we can't do that we got that real hood shit i'll never forget that and i felt so oh. less than I felt so like really I'm spitting hard as fuck and y'all are discrediting me because I'm gay let me tell you a story because I this is what (laughs) this is the same villain us clearly because Mm -hmm. you remember that I told you that I dropped a mixtape like two years ago right Mm mm-hmm and I specifically wrote that mixtape as a as a love letter to queer people of color, you know, lack of representation in the industry, all of those things, blah, 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 right? I specifically wrote every song on that mixtape with no cursing in it. Mm-hmm. For that reason. Because I don't know about you, I can't listen to bleeped versions of songs. I can't watch people perform music on television. And it's, I don't give a uh with the uh, because he licked my uh with the uh, uh with the uh, uh. I cannot stand. It is, it is insufferable for me, mm-hmm. right? So I specifically wrote my mixtape to be hard as fuck, but without cursing in it. I'm going to mm-hmm. send you the fourth song on my mixtape called homo hop 
Come on, come on, hop. I like uh-huh. that. Come on, hop. Uh huh. Um, shout out to Deadly. Uh, we are. Trust me. Trust and believe. You've always. <laughs> I always got time for music. I always got got time for music. But in that song, I was specifically talking shit to to, to straight rappers who think that quote unquote faggots can't rap. Mm-hmm. And I was little, and it's literally just four verses of ether. And the hook is just me talking shit. Like I don't know what this gender box from Amazon y'all thought rap came in, but oh okay. And it, yeah. Th- I'll just send you that song because that song so, is dedicated directly to that story. I just I want to comment on this really quickly because I feel like this is a they have used our gayness to kind of try to dilute or diminish what we're capable of, and I think that they know that that's um that's something that could get to us. They know that we don't like the fact that they try to use our sexuality against us, mm-hmm. and uh, I legit. It's low hanging fruit. Yeah, it's it's um yeah, yeah. It's like, but that's their power to them. That's how they feel good about themselves. That's how. Oh well, you know I ain't worried about it. He's gay, so he's he's not going nowhere. And but that's the why funny I thing is, song. funny thing is, everybody I was on those tours with, four, five, six years later, <laughs> what where are they, they now? Thank you. I ain't want to be the one to say it. <laughs> oh, well, you want that type of show because I'm that bitch. Where are they now? Talk right. your shit. Talk your shit, right. Rico. Y'all so worried about being straight and shit like that. Y'all got kids and shit. Y'all can't even do music no more. No one half of y'all is DL, but I'm not calling no name. I ain't gonna Ooh, do it. Shit, sorry. I was, how I got triggered because we from Fedville. I know about Brad Boulevard, okay? So, <laughs> we gonna Bye, leave that on Marcus and Rose. God bless you. Don't do that because I'm a merc baby. Listen, I let this listen. So you know. I know. I know. Wow, this actually feels great talking to somebody from home. This is this is a different vibe. She's she's right from Yak and Road. My house is literally directly in front of Fort Bragg. Like right off of Yak and Road. Oh wow. Right there. Yeah. yeah, right over there. Okay. By the, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. God. I and listen. I don't talk to people like I don't. I have not talked to, to somebody from my like not only from my state but directly from my city mm-hmm. in forever. As soon as you said Fayetteville, my heart dropped. I was like, "Wow, this is." I'm used to people like, "Yeah, I'm from Charlotte. I'm from Wilmington. I'm from Greensboro." Yes, Greensboro. <laughs> Never Fayetteville. Now Greensboro was my stomping grounds. I ain't even gonna be club. Had quite a couple of hoes. Shout out to Greensboro. <clears throat> right. <clears throat> Listen. Y'all hit me up if y'all hearing this, as a matter of fact. I miss right, you. Shout out to y'all. Shout out to all. <laughs> Listen, sh- shout out to the whole Greensboro. All of y'all mm-hmm. know who y'all are. And I still love all of you. Okay. Okay. So, what is the consistent feeling you want people to take from your music? Is there a consistent feeling, or does it just depend on the record? you just have a you know um so like with this album with top talk i've been really trying to focus on making great songs Mm -hmm. right because i know i'm talented i can write a song or i can spit but as far as creating a great 
like actual song from beginning to end has been um, my goal. So consistently, I want people, any song from this new album, I want you to, I want you to hear growth, one. Mm -hmm. And then two, just like a, I, I love those like, yo, this sounds like this would be on the radio or, you know, and people offend me when they say this, but they don't know it. But when they be like, oh, this sounds like a real song. Bitch, what does that mean? Okay. They don't get, they think it's a compliment, you know, because it's like, they, all they think about is Beyonce and da, 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 They feel like it's on the level of, of that, but mm -hmm. they're not getting like, so what you saying, the, the other 30 songs I done dropped on damn iTunes, you saying they know damn Weren't song? real songs? You feel me? But, um, so yeah, it's just, I, 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 I'm okay with that now. I, I'm getting where they're coming from in that. Um, so yeah, I just want that consistent, like, oh, wow, he's giving us, I'm giving y'all crap. And I want y'all to keep buying, okay? That part. Um, and also, um, a consistent, like, I want to push the envelope for myself. Not necessarily for our community or for um, music in general. I want to do something that Rico with the K didn't do a year ago, a month ago, two months ago. I want to say something that I would never have said two years ago because I'm changing and I'm progressing. Each record, I want you to feel that. I love that. Now, can you do my listeners a favor? Because <laughs> I'm sure that they're just as curious as I am, even though I feel like I know better. Can you define Top Talk to my audience? Okay. So first off, it's a play on words. Mm -hmm. um, initially, when our gay community here, Top Talk, they initially go to, oh, he's talking about being a top. He's going to be fucking and da, 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 da. So I mm -hmm. wanted that. I wanted people to hear it and be like, oh, well, let me hit this one to be on some freaky shit. Let me hear it. But it's not. It's really on, um, it's about elevation, right? It's about um, evolving. Um, basically, within the past like three to four years, I've elevated wholeheartedly. Like from the time I got on Chasing Atlanta to now, my life is different. Like I signed contracts. I have people signed NDAs. I am flown out to Seattle, Washington, to Chicago. I just came back from New York yesterday. Like yes, these are I always wanted to do that my talent is helping, like is facilitating. And this is what that album is about. I really want this, oh Lord. I really want people to be encouraged listening to it. I, I want to start this new conversation outside of sex and, and drugs and all of that from that to, you know, I'm getting money, you know? Mm -hmm. And oh, I wish I can really break down this album, like song to song, but everything is, it, that's what it's about. Well, you can song. come back when it drops and then we oh, yeah, can do a lyrical definitely. breakdown if you want to. I mean, you have an open door policy here. Now that yes. you came on, now we're friends. So oh, you're yes. welcome back anytime. Uh, thank, thank you, I appreciate that. But um, so yeah, Top Talk is about elevation, it's about evolving, um, and it's about becoming better than what you were before and also helping those people around you. Um, and then two other things, Top Talk is also, I've wanted music that us gays didn't have growing up. Like we were singing these straight versions of these songs that mm -hmm. you know we didn't necessarily relate to. I wanted that for us. So I did sample a lot of like, old school songs that I heard growing up. Like I sampled a Fergie song, London Bridge. Mm, love. Um, like I, I, I paid homage to LL Cool J. 
like it's just it's a beautiful it's it's gonna be very beautiful but yeah it's about getting on top of your shit top talk listen i want to go ahead and just like nail that invitation down now when it's time for the album to drop can we do like a rapper to rapper segment and like do a lyrical breakdown of each song and like you can really sit down and talk about what each song means to you um you can do with it whatever you want you know i i I like um send you the audio the the you know thing if you want it and you know we can you know do do, do, whatever but I, i would do that so we can do it's like an in studio situation and uh yeah that would be really dope i actually just did a press junket <laughs> this is crazy because i treat i treat myself like i'm beyonce rihanna Nicki minaj and and drake like i had a whole How press you think junket. they got there okay no shade and that's for our lgbtq artists stop like know your motherfucking i'm drinking the pickle juice Thank you. Know your words. Treating yourself as though you've already made it and everybody will fall in line. I hate, oh, I'm an independent artist or, oh, I'm an up-and-coming hip-hop artist. No, bitch, you are. You're an artist. You're a hip-hop artist. That part. Because when we have that up-and-coming, when that up-and-coming is added, our price goes down. Let's talk about it. They want to perform. They're going to pay Beyonce millions of dollars because she signed. She's she has credentials and things of that nature. But when you say up and coming, off rip, I'm paying you 150 dollars. <clears throat> right. So yeah, it's all about love, Linda. See, this is oh, I feel the Fed bill all over you, child. See, this is why <laughs> I just. Cause I'm from, cause I'm like literally where I am right now. People don't understand why I act and move the way that I move. But I'm like, it's literally just my city. Like we don't do this type of shit in in right. North Carolina. Like I don't understand how you people move the way you people think. Not to mention the educational system. But I'm not gonna read Alabama like okay. that too hard. Shut. Shout out to y'all. And the main um, thing I want to say, I want to comment on that. I want to feedback off of you is the fact that like in Fayetteville, you gain your popularity or your uh, your respect by your actual talent, right? Yes, right. You have J Cole as a like uh, he is the high on top of every pedestal you could think of. So if you're talking about you spit. And you about to spit in Fayetteville, bitch, you better be able to motherfucking spit. Cause we don't do like, like I like I, I don't understand like there's like like there's a reason why I don't understand rap today. Because you get it. You're from Fayetteville, like you're from North Carolina. We only understand lyricism. Like we no. get like we get words. We use words. We we like language. Do you know what I'm saying? That's why when you said Top Talk was a play on words. Uh, I was like, see, see, I'm not crazy, you guys. This actually exists in real life. Mm -hmm. Real last shit. And I think that that's what makes people from our city, from our state so amazing is because we refuse to dumb ourselves down. Bingo. We refuse to write bubblegum rap. We, we we refuse to write mumble rap. We refuse to write preschool raps. Like, we don't Dr. Seuss. I'll never forget, I sent... Um, I have a song on, on my new album called Get Into The Money. And I 
I dumped, I tried, I attempted to dumb myself down just a little bit. I turned down the extra, the, the uh, lyricism down, maybe like two, two notches. And I sent the song to um, a magazine, like a, a magazine editor, somebody that's over a magazine to get his opinion. And he wrote back to me, he said, Rico, you're just so complex. You're, you know, you have to dumb it down a little bit more, bro. Like, I like I don't understand what's going on. And I had to take a stance and say, like, I'm not, I'm not gonna dumb myself down. And if y'all don't get it, if the, the listeners don't get it, they don't fuck with the song because it's too complicated, then I'm good on it. If you now build I don't, it, I don't they will come. to please other people anymore. That's another thing that like that's a feel or a vibe that we all have to feel at a certain time. Mm-hmm. If you build it, they will come. You can't make music for listeners. You have to make the music that you want to make and the people who are supposed to find it will find it. You make yeah. music for smart people and that, and that's okay. Yeah. You make music for people who listen to rap and rewind it back and want to know what you just said. It's like with Nicki Minaj, like she makes music for the pretty bad bitches and then Cardi makes the music for the pretty ratchet bitches. Like, mm-hmm there's a market for everybody there's i don't have to go into cardi's bag to be rico you know that's it's not going to go too well exactly so it's like they got their own lane by establishing their own lane like like imagine if cardi b came out with a song talking about i don't approve of fighting i think that's just wrong i think that we should all be like what girl go sit the fuck down oh where where oh okay sure got it got it like imagine if Nicki Minaj made a song and she didn't say that all of these bitches were her son that would break the internet can I tell you what I want from Nicki please because I have a list I just I think because I kind of I'm I'm mad that this kind of took a a weird turn to Nikki but I just (laughs) I need one raw real song like yes I get it you're a bad bitch yes I get it you got good pussy yes I get it you're a rich bitch yes I get it you're on the top and all of these bitches are your sons but I would Mm -hmm. really love a raw vulnerable transparent I would love for her to talk about Lil Kim and say like I'm I'm what's being done to me is the same thing I did to Lil' Kim or something like that. Like oh, I'm boy. glad I'm not the only one that thinks that. Please say that out loud for the children in the back, honey. Like I think earphones that's, up. Pay attention. That's where Nicki Minaj needs that's the angle she needs to go to win America back. Like just be real as fuck. Put that facade down. I'm a sad, so I get it. We don't like to mm-hmm. we don't like to let people see us sweat. Virgo here. I I, I completely get it. So I just, I, that's all. I, I want to see her sweat. That's all. That's fair. I want to see Nicki Minaj be the bitch that she built an entire 15 career, a, 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 an entire 15 year career on being, which is the person who was unbothered by anything that didn't affect her industry standing. Like, like what happened mm-hmm. to the one, like, why are you addressing your son? All these bitches are your sons. Why are you talking to your kids that talk, like, 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 when do we argue with our children? And I have an eight-year-old. Oh so my. when, so when did we, so when did we start arguing with our kids? Like, what? I'm sorry, what? Yeah. No shade. Like, where is mother? 
after somebody says I looked up to you and you inspire me, instantly I, I, I when it happens to me, I instantly go into protective mode. I go into father mode. I don't have any kids. Just throwing that out there, but you can definitely swallow mine, uh, listeners. Damn. Um, <laughs> the song. Bring the song. Um, okay, yes, cue the song here. But um. Damn. But yeah, I go into a protective fatherly mode to where it's like, well, let me help you. If if you look up to me, I'm the I'm your inspiration. Let me help you. Let me and let me guide you. You feel me? So it's just it's a little hard to see Nikki do that. Yeah, I just I I don't understand. Like it's I and you know it pains me to say this because like you get Nikki like I get Nikki. Like I would have never picked up a pen if it wasn't for Nicki Minaj. No shade. No shade. No shade. I would have never picked up a pen. I'm a stan, a fan of a lot of people. Eve is my bitch. Missy is my bitch. Kim is my bitch. MC Light is my bitch. However, none of those women, Debrat is my bitch. However, none of those women ever made me want to pick up a pen and rap. They just made me love rap. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until Nicki Minaj where I was like, oh, I can be smart and play with words and flip shit and really not like, oh, smart bitches do rap too. Not to say that all the rest of them aren't smart, but there's a different approach when it comes to stating something just as is. All of the rappers that I kind of stated before with the exception of, uh, of a Missy Elliott were very blatant with what they were saying. Mm-hmm. It's just the it's just the flow in, in, in which they executed was individual and unique and different and completely amazing in its own way. Like we love the uh, like we love the the pitbull in a skirt. We love the musical mastermind that is Missy Elliott. We love Debrat, who has the most unique flow I've ever heard in my life. That's real. But however, it's the way that Nicki Minaj plays with words that made the difference for me. It's the double entendre. It's the it's the punchlines and the metaphors and the things. We didn't get that before. That's all I'm saying. Now, that's all. But however, I don't I don't recognize this Nicki Minaj is really what I'm trying to say. I don't recognize her. I don't know this woman. Yeah. Like, this woman is so bothered by the littlest shit. I don't understand. Like, if you would have told me five years ago that Nicki Minaj would have launched an entire Twitter beef over a possible nomination for a Grammy, I would have cussed you the fuck out. Yeah. I would have been like, Nicki would never. Um, Let's put ourselves in her shoes really quickly. Let's play devil's advocate. Let's do because I don't know, I, I don't like this Nikki. Let me say that. Let me not say I don't know this Nikki. I don't like this Nikki. Mainly because she's hurt. That's, she's hurt. Think about if you, oh, well, no, let me not try to do that. But just imagine being a hip hop <laughs> pioneer for your generation. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the talks of who's the greatest MCs alive, you get laughed at or your name doesn't even come up or let's right. say that you've done something for the music industry as far as streaming mm-hmm. and the people that are talking shit or talking down to you are benefiting off of your cause something yes. that you did 
Then on top of that, Nikki has touched every flow you can think of. The bitch can't go nowhere no more. No shade. Period. She has every flow you, you can think of in the fucking books. And mm-hmm. people look up to her. And just imagine the same people that's looking up to her talking shit about her. Mm-hmm. I would be upset as well but what she's not understanding is by the way that she's reacting it's really hurting her legacy because I'm looking at it as a joke now you don't take it serious because we have somebody Beyonce Giselle knows hello that regardless of what anybody says what's the milkshake girl Khalees I ain't gonna do Khalees because I love me some Khalees but I'm about to say now nah, I love Khalees. Nah, right, look, 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 let, look, let me not Khalees. do too much. Let me slap my hand because let me not do too much on Khalees like that. Um, I am but Khalees went on a whole job. rant. Khalees went wild. Khalees went crazy. Right? Mm-hmm. Beyonce didn't even respond whatsoever. She pulled the boss move, which is what you do. And you move in silence. No shade. Do we know what Queen Elizabeth was doing before she died? Do we know what's happening in that royal palace? I need no shade. And see, see, that's what I'm talking about. Because it's like, I'll never question the validity of Nikki's feelings. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna ride with you on that till the motherfucking wheels fall off. I'll ride with you till the goddamn framing of the car disintegrates on that. Nikki has every single right to feel how she feels. I will never argue that. I agree. I agree. But she's giving However, she's giving tantrum. What what boggles my mind is the fact that we are in an era where Nicki Minaj is 15 years into her career and can still come out and outsell anyone that tries to talk shit about her. She can come out and say all these bitches are her sons and prove that with her record sales the next week. She can she can come out 15 years later and have a number one record. She can come out 15 years later and have the best numbers of her career. But in the same breath, be arguing with people who credit her as an influence. That boggles my mind. I feel that. How is that I love possible? the passion. If you guys are listening, I really love, not if you guys, the ones that are listening, I really do. I want you all to pay attention to the passion that both me and him have about Nikki. Because this is real. Like, like, that's how real it is. It's like, it's real. Like, and this is not just like us as fans. This is us as artists. Yeah. Like these are people like like we are people who literally are Nikki's son in real life. Mm-hmm. Literally Nikki's son. Period. We don't understand what what's going on here. We just don't understand. Cause we, we, I, I, that's all. But God bless y'all. God bless Papa Bear. Shout out to Mr. Petty. Um. <laughs> So, jumping into reality TV real quick, tell me about your journey to Chasing Atlanta. How did this whole thing come about? How did you get casted? Who sent you the phone call, the DM, the nude, whatever? Um, (laughs) So, I believe what happened was I signed up for season one. 
And I didn't make it. Um, I left it alone. I had moved back to Fayetteville, North Carolina at this point. And I'm not, I don't know if I did it or... So I'm, it's, it's, it's been some years. So please, I'll just get my head and my heart. I don't know if I reapplied for season four. Actually, I think I did. Yes, I had just dropped my album. I, like I had things going on, like in Fayetteville, in North Carolina, I was really that dude. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? So y'all were going, people were going to see me regardless. Who fixed that? I had to talk my, I had to pop my shit real quick. So yes, whenever I, around that time I had dropped my first album, I reapplied, um, and then I got, I thought they picked the cast. I thought they were done, and I got an email stating that they wanted me to come to their final casting call, and so I drove all the way from Fayetteville to Atlanta, and I went that to the casting call. Eight and, and a half really hours. Great. Um, I remember walking in saying Andario and Kevon and they were just smiling and it was just great. It was a great little opportunity, um, I will say, but that's my journey. And then once I got the call that they wanted me on the show, I just, I picked up my whole entire life from Fayetteville. It was that time. It was that time. I and I that. also knew, I we're going to get deep really quickly. I attempted to, um, I attempted suicide the night okay. before I got my email from Chasing Atlanta. Wow. Yes, like on some real shit, like waking up the next morning, head hurting. I remember looking at that email and that I just cried. Like, this is my sign from the Lord that I'm supposed to be here. Like, I have a reason to be here. And I took that very seriously. And that's why I owe them my life. Absolutely. I owe Chasing Reality my life. So... That is absolutely beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. And coming from somebody who is built, who is very familiar with the concept of suicide, I listen. That is a sign I would have taken as well. That mm-hmm. is a sign I would have taken as well. I'm still waiting on that sign, to be perfectly honest. But we could talk about that off camera because I don't cry on my own show. Oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. What story were you initially looking to tell when you signed on? I I wanted to show the, like, I wanted to show real rawness, right? Um, And I remember doing my interview for them, my casting call, they asked me if I had questions for them. And I'm like, hell yeah. You know, what are you guys looking for? And they said they wanted somebody real. They didn't want anybody that's renting clothes or trying to put on for a camera. They just wanted raw realness. And renting that was my clothes. Idea. You said what? D- just you you saying the words renting clothes just just shook my whole brain. I was like, whoa! Shout out to Lisa Renner. But the, the, so the, the, renting, the renting of the renting of the clothes of it all. But you know. Being from Fayetteville, when I first heard that, I was like, what? These fake motherfuckers, they don't even own their own clothes and da-da-da. But in this industry, in this industry, real as fuck, there's no purpose to buy hundreds of dollars worth of clothes that you're just wearing this for this one confessional. You're wearing this for this one reunion. And this is the last time you'll ever be able to wear it because it's documented. Right. 
it's documented. You feel me? So if I wear um, my purple suit that I wore for the season five Chasing Reality reunion, someone is going to be like, oh, I remember that. For See, the reunion, I, I know when you wore that. I um, hear you, but I also come from a background in drag where it's like, bitch, once you have... Once you got a good costume, that look becomes legendary, and that becomes a money-making outfit for you. So, so I, so I'm also coming from that background, and it's like in in the world that I come from, it's a completely different look. But I get that, and also mm-hmm. I'm also just a minimalist, so I don't understand the thought process of designer labels. Like I don't get yeah. that for me. Because I'm more uh, of a person, I'm more stylish than fashionable. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be or like, no shade. Who's ever, who's ever smart enough or dumb enough, depending on who's watching, to hire me for a reality show or to do whatever? Because I'm more so want to host me. But people keep telling me, no, you should probably try to join a show. I don't know what that means. But if you ever see me pop up on set, I'm not going to be the bitch wearing... Fendi Prince on. I'm just not that dude. I'm 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 just not like I'm gonna be classic James Dean white t-shirt jeans that look like painted on prints out. Not those prints on, but those prints on. Mm-hmm. Kids. Okay, kids. that's kids. actually a bar. <laughs> that's a bar. You know? Keep that keep that in the repertoire. Absolutely. <laughs> Love you. Um. So yeah. So like I just I I you know. I'm never going to mm-hmm. be the one to be going out here buying labels, renting labels. Now, if I collaborate with somebody on a piece, that's going to be some shit that I keep forever. Now, I may frame it. I may wear it again. I may not. But I'm just not that caught up in the stylistics of it all when it comes to labels and fashion. I'm like, I can make some shit from Walmart look like it came from Chanel. So on, on some real shit, that to me is what I consider fashionable. No matter the label, no matter, you know, who the fuck sold it. If you threw it on, you paired it with some jeans and some shoes and you look amazing, like a Rihanna, she's fashionable. Put that bitch in the trash. Don't we have a video or a picture of her in the trash bag? That, hmm A black yeah. sack or something like that and she still look like a bad bitch? That part. like That is like fashionable just- to me. It's not even about the clothes. It's about how you, you rock wear the them. clothes. Ooh. And people don't understand that. Ooh. No, they don't. Listen, people just don't understand. Like, cause I, but see, I also come from the era of the '90s supermodel, where the model was the muse, and the and the designer created fashion inspired by the model. Like, I understand that concept. So it's like for me, it's like I make the clothes look good. It's not about the clothes and the name of the brand making me all of a sudden look more fashionable because I'm wearing Chanel Gucci Prada. It's like, no, I'm making you ask what label this is because I'm wearing it and the way that I'm presenting. Y'all young bitches don't understand. Grow up. Grow up, children. Grow up. Was there a reality star that made you feel confident enough to pursue reality TV before? when you signed up for chasing first or fourth candy work candy um and i I just remember at that time thinking to myself like wow she's a boss she's doing she's doing it she's not in drama like if she's in drama it's because she was pulled into it don't start nine won't be nine 
And that was very inspiring to me to see uh, because I knew that that's the route that I wanted to go in. We have enough people coming for our gay community. You feel me? Like we get picked on enough. And I, 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 every time I go home and I try to talk to my mother about, you know, our gay lifestyle, cause she thinks everything's just peaches and cream, you know, in my life. But you don't know what it's like to be an LGBTQ artist of color. You know, that's, that's labels added onto labels. You feel me? Like an the LGBTQ intersectionality artist, of it all. Mm-hmm. We get shitted on. We get underappreciated, we get underpaid, but all of us gay artists, no matter if you are a drag queen, no matter if you're a rapper or a singer, every time we do a show, we ha- we go 10 times harder. Every time. And every time. And they still find something. And I have to explain that, you feel me? Like, we, this is what we go through, bro. People look at us funny, the people look at us sideways. What? Like, and it's all just because we're different. Like, it's all just because we're allegedly different from some created norm by a patriarchal society. Listen, don't let me get into my activism bag. But, <laughs> but like, y'all can go to my YouTube channel for that. Anyway, um, I, I, I just, I... I completely feel you. It's the intersectionality of it all. It's like, one, we're already Black, then we're, que- then we're queer, then we're an artist who is already looked down upon because we're Black and we're queer. Like, I look at female rappers and the and the plight that they have, and no disrespect to women in rap, y'all don't understand Mm-mm. what it means to be discriminated against in hip-hop. Y'all can hate me for that all you want to. Y'all can be mad at me all you want to. But female rap... <laughs> y'all don't understand what it means we're to be discriminated joke. against in hip hop. We're always the joke. No matter what Lil Nas X did number wise, right? Mm-hmm. No matter what, he was still a joke. Fuck these. Lil Boosie, oh, oh, why he why he on national television doing all that? Da, 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 da. Lil Boosie, you're a pedophile, so you need to shut the fuck up. Period. Why you have no you business that? talking about anybody. Sean, why do I feel like you were holding that in? I, listen, anytime <laughs> somebody <laughs> brings up Boosie's name, I gotta let, let, let say him, fuck him and his face. Period. Because I just, I just, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Don't edit this I out. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite part of the interview, how you just went off on Boosie. No shade. Legit, because I'm sorry. I, I just can't. Anytime that man breathes, my blood boils because I just it, it, like that man waking up aggravates my cheek no shade because I don't understand how somebody has the unmitigated gall audacity and capacity and bandwidth to open up their throat muscle to articulate anything about anybody and the influence that they have on children when you are a fucking pedophile real well admitted oh no that's real those are his words he's the one that admitted to having his minor children receive oral sex from grown women to help them become a man well where i come from that's pedophilia and child abuse that's that's sexual abuse of a minor yet me 
But because it's a boy, all of a sudden y'all think that shit is cool and straight work. But if a grown ass man was was eating some 12 year old girl's pussy, y'all would go burn the entire fucking city down, right? I wonder could the women that he paid to do that to them, could he, uh, can they get arrested? I want them hoes burned at the stake, but I'll take an okay. arrest. I'm done. We're done. I'll take an arrest. <laughs> We're done. Next topic. <laughs> I'll settle for an arrest. Um, <clears throat> so. Talk to me. What percentage of your cast are friends versus co-workers? Uh, 1% is friends and the rest are co-workers. Gotcha. I'm not going to get into I'm not gonna get into specifics because I'm not the one to read. But yeah, if you watch the show, I'm just uh 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 right. I was gonna say y'all could just watch the um show and and figure it out for yourself because I watch and I know what's going on out here. But T, shout out to Dominique. Hey, hey D. Still I you should get him on the show work. one day. I'm reaching out to it. everybody, child. But you know, tell the girls to, to um check their DMs, girl. I'm sliding. Okay, I am sliding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, low vibrational top talk. Anyway, but <laughs> we, but we're not going to bring Stormy Wellington into this. Um, do you prefer which which dynamic do you prefer in reality TV as a cast member, friend or coworker? With reality TV, coworker. Okay, care to elaborate? Um, yes, no matter, no matter how cool we are off camera, on camera, we have a job to do. Okay. And when I say that chasing reality is not scripted. They don't organize anything. They don't tell us to walk in and do anything. Like it's real life. Anything you've seen is real life. Um, but in retrospect, in reality, when there's a camera on somebody, it doesn't matter who it is. When there's a camera, that person is going to show out because they don't want to be disrespected or they don't want to be treated a certain way and it's shown. And that's what I've learned about these people. I've, I've literally watched um, production say, all right, we're filming and they turn into a whole new person in front of me. And being from Fayetteville, being Hello. from the six, we don't do the fake shit at all we don't do that we are who we are 24 7 that we never had opportunities to show who we are so that when we do have opportunities like case in atlanta that my focus is my music my focus is me and my personality i want people to fall in love with me to go buy those albums Mm -hmm. so i don't trust anybody this last season i really learned to not trust anybody because they will switch on you for a storyline. They will switch on you just because they want 15 fucking minutes of fame. Mm, there's a specific scene I want to ask you about, but I'm not going to do it. That, uh-uh, uh-uh. Let's that's do it. not what this show is about. We Let's can talk it. about it off camera because I don't want to get that it. You brought it up. Let's do it. Fine. Um, since you twisted my arm, uh, listen, and shout out because friend of the show shout out to Oliver but what's up ask somebody from Fayetteville this scene 
Ooh, my pressure. This scene registered. I, I know exactly how this scene registered to you in this moment. And I just want you to elaborate my thoughts for me as somebody who lived it. That 60 seconds moment. Oh, he was about to get rocked. He was about to get rocked. If I'm being real, if I'm being real about my feelings, and this is not even me trying to have an ego or anything like that, but that I invited you to my rehearsal that I spent time for so that we can discuss. And what I want to make very clear is he sent me a text message maybe a week or two prior to that, stating that he wanted to be cool, he wanted us to hang out. And I was like, well, we need to have a conversation. Let's talk about what happened before so that we can move on and it'll never happen again. Mm -hmm. So him coming was me genuinely, this was my last try. And I, I kept telling production that, like, this is the last time I'm gonna try. If this just don't work out, I'm just gonna leave this motherfucker where he at and that's, it is what it is. Mm. And so for him to be very nasty, like, That just, that upset me to my core. However, once again, I have a bigger purpose than punching Oliver in the jaw. <sighs> you feel me? Like, one million I'll, percent. Let's break down something. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm a school, I'm gonna I'm throw a gym. So any of my motherfucking dumbass cast members that are listening, that's not on this shit that I am, this is for y'all. When it comes to reality TV, right you have different mm. kinds of viewers the main viewers we see are the ones that are commenting and pressing their hands on a keyboard to have mm. those nasty ugly comments or whatever the case may be right right but there's another viewer audience that is professional that are literally looking at these shows for talent to bring out to festivals talent to bring out to concerts to open for big artists like Lil Nas X Lord. Was that an exclusive or? He said what? Was that an exclusive? That's that pause just hit me, even though I know what oh, it yes. was. But that pause, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, see, see. So, okay. Congratulations. Okay. So, on some real shit, if I would have hit him, those fans that pressed those keyboards would have loved it. Oh shit, we're finally seeing Rico go off. Yes, we've been waiting for this. But the people that I really fucking care about, those people that are not commenting, that are writing black and white ink on a, a piece of paper, are gonna be, that's the audience that will get hurt. That's the audience that will say, oh, Rico is a liability. Oh, Rico can't control himself. What these dumb fucks on these reality shows don't understand, you have people with money that wants us. But y'all are acting nah. a damn fool. Why would I invite you to my club? Pay for a, a air, a, 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 your 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 flight. Pay for your fucking hotel room and invite you to my club just for you to act a mess at the airport, or just for you to act a mess at the uh, the hotel, or just for you to act a mess at my club. Right. Y'all are killing y'all professionalism. They don't know that. They don't see that. They're they're more focused on those fans that are sitting on their couch not doing shit, um, or sitting on their toilet pissing watching this show and they're commenting, oh yes, I love Mariko with the cake fighting. That's what they're living for. No, you dumbass. I agree with that. And the reason why I asked this asked this question, because it had nothing to actually do with the scene. But as somebody who understands the world from the perspective that's very similar to me with us being from the same place and with me being somebody who 
is actively stepping closer and closer to stepping into this realm of production on one side or the other. Um, I'm trying to understand how to process in that moment because I am the person that's thinking we uh, uh, listen I know that we're here to make TV but you're but the antagonistic shit and I'm not talking about anyone specific but I'm just talking about people who want to get rah-rah for TV I'm just saying the the people who want to turn up and do extra and with no purpose or real like validity to an actual resolution I don't know how to engage with that type of shit so I keep telling people I'm not gonna be good on reality TV because I'm not giving you bitches that like no shade that's not how I do Okay, there's only so much conversation that I'm going to have. And then there's only so much swinging and doing all of that that I'm going to let you do around my face. And you're going to be sitting in a scene by yourself and I'm and I, I will be heading to my car. Please don't get backed over. But I just I, I, I don't understand. What people want from reality stars, I don't deliver. And I'm very mm-hmm. much in a direction that you lean, where it's like, girl, I'm actually here for real life, real, real reality. I'm doing reality on TV. I'm not doing reality TV. Pay attention. So I, I I don't listen. People keep saying, based on the conversation that they have with me, that I'm good for reality TV. But I'm like, I don't turn up like that. Like, I don't do that shit. Listen, I got a whole eight-year-old daughter at home that acts just like me. I'll be damned if I set, set, set that example for for my second grader period yes like those are the little things that people aren't paying attention to like some of these fights you know it's like it's it's don't get me wrong and i get the game i get the game now i've done two seasons of reality television you need your you need your content so just everybody working whatever the case may be you need your arguments here and there and then you need that one big fight that's going to pull people to watch that's consistent on every reality show there is. I get it now. Mm-hmm. However, I'm the benefit isn't there. Bruh, if I was getting paid, if I was getting paid to act a fool, if I was getting paid thousands of dollars to come in this room to act a fool, that's a different story. That's the role I signed up for. Mm-hmm. But y'all want it real. Y'all want it honesty. And that's exactly what I did. My first season, I came on there, the struggling artist. My second season, bitch, I have elevated. I have evolved. But yeah. I'm just saying, those are the stories that we pay attention to. Anyway, you know, God bless y'all. Because I'll say it like this. There are specific reasons why I ask certain people to come on my show, right? Mm-hmm. And I typically don't invite people on my show who I don't connect to personally. So if I don't have any, like if if your story doesn't relate to me, just because you're on a reality show, nine times out of 10, I'm not going to invite you. Or if I don't see that you have an outside thing that is interesting to me outside of you just being on a reality show, like you doing music, for example, there are people who I've invited, 
who I've asked to like be on my show that do hair, do this, that, and the third, do all these random things, but just happen to be on reality TV. Dominique doing dog grooming. That's fascinating to me. So like, if it's not interesting, I don't care. But one thing I don't, I'm very hesitant to invite people who are combative, who are known for fighting, who are known for turning up on reality TV, on, on my show because I'm from Fayetteville and because I'm from 2-6 I don't deal with that type of shit and I don't let no bitch come on my show and get rah-rah with me I ain't got time for that cause I'm not even messy to start with but but typically those type of people who feel the need to have to do that they feel the need to carry that everywhere and be that type of person they are on camera everywhere and you're not gonna come on my platform and go big on me or think that you're gonna come and be a diva on my show girl I run Mm -hmm. this and, and at this moment, no shade, not to even be shady, your story is being facilitated through me. So you may want to watch your mouth. Mm. God bless you. But no shade, that's why I act the way that I act. You just heard everything you just got done saying? That's real life. But that's because we come from the same place where people are notarized for their talent. People are noticed for talent. You don't get anywhere without being talented, without actually bringing a table to the mansion. People don't like come to like, like come with a table, not Tupperware. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Button, however, what's been your most intense scene in the film? Define intense in a good way, bad way. We're not defining intense, but like in what realm of intense? I'll let you define that for yourself. Um, Emotionally, it was very intense filming my first scene, not my first scene, but my first season. And um, I was talking about my mother. Um, that was very intense. Very, 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 very intense. And the aftermath of that was intense. I actually stopped doing interviews after that because emotionally mm-hmm. I couldn't take it. It was so many people coming to me, you know, at once, sharing their feelings and their emotions. And I'm one of those people that I kind of suck up your problems and your issues. And I had everyone's problems and issues on my head. So um, that was intense. Um, Crazy incense was the Dominique and Rico Casadon fight. Yikes. That was probably, I, I think, I ain't, I, that happened on December 1st of last year. I remember this day like it was nothing. And I, I don't think I filmed for a whole month after. I didn't want to be on the show anymore. Mm. I'm all for us reading each other and us getting into each other's faces. You know, we might push each other, but that fight was so ugly that fight was so nasty it was so full of hate it was so full of just danger like people could have been seriously injured you feel what i'm saying like yeah and yeah so that would be the two um yeah Mm-mm-mm. shout out to them um What's yeah, shout out to Dominique. For you? Ooh, 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 I love you so much. You are so <laughs> fair. You are so fair, Bill. It is so funny. I cannot take it. You are so fair, Bill. I live for you. <sighs> Tell me the difference from filming your first scene ever to walking on set today. First scene, I was very... 
I didn't know what I was saying. I didn't know what I was doing. And I was scared to ask questions because I didn't want anybody to feel like I was inadequate or I was, or I was incapable of doing my job on this reality show. Now, all right, before I start talking, is there anything that you need us to touch on? Do you need me to ask him something? You, you, something like that, or uh, like now I get a, a, a I get a gist of what's going on. Before I was just scared to talk, you know, because I'm on camera and we live inside of a day and age where you say anything and they're gonna twist it and turn it and and fucking you know make their own headline from it. So that's why I was you know mainly afraid. Absolutely. How long did it take you to develop a sense of when things were going to go left while filming a scene? Oh, oh, that's a... So my whole first season, I didn't understand that concept that things will go left. Um, mm -hmm. Now, I know before going into that place, depending on who's going to be there, I can already tell. But that comes with knowing your coworkers. Mm -hmm. You feel me? If you work at McDonald's, you know that Trisha really don't be doing the... Um, they register right, you know, you ain't gonna put the bitch up there. Shout out to know. Trisha. No, for real. <laughs> <laughs> Not for real. Shout out to Trisha. <laughs> that is so fucking funny. Oh my gosh. So <sighs> what is the main thing that you wanna bring to hip hop? into music as a whole because because mm. we're gonna switch back to important things for a second oh um hip-hop and then music as a whole mm -hmm. hip-hop i want to i want to hear a dope conscious rapper we don't have those mainstream wise right i want to i want to be a gay j cole you feel what I'm saying? Like, that's what I want to okay. be for our gay community. Um, mm -hmm. So that's with hip hop. With music in its entirety. Um, I'm in the early stages of kind of like figuring this out, but I would really love to blend my style of how I rap mm -hmm. with hip hop and Latin music. Like, I think that would be a beautiful like moment because if you hear like Latin and if you hear it Latin um, let's say Nicki Minaj when she did Crippy Kush or something like that mm -hmm. you know what song I'm talking about absolutely word the beat word. was so <laughs> I hate it the beat was so <laughs> Latin influenced that it didn't feel like American hip hop right, right. I want to kind of change that like I, I, I just I don't know I'm still in the process of like, you know, figuring out how I can accomplish that. But the goal overall is I want to be able to blend that beautifully. How Beyonce just created disco trap. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to do that for a conscious rapper in my realm. I relate to that so much. Um, not necessarily from the Latin perspective, because I, I mean, I am half have Panamanian but my mom just raised me as a black kid so shout out to her um but for me the reason why I haven't created more music is because I really don't want to do my own music if it's not a blend of 
real lyricism over real rock and metal instrumentation. Like, I really want to do, like, not necessarily rock rap, like how, um, like... Rico Nasty? Fair, fair example. I, I was going to say more so, like, when Jay-Z did that album with Linkin Park. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily mm-hmm. that, but I was thinking, like, I just want to do, like, like, actual lyricism, like, full-blown rap hip-hop lyricism but over complete solidified rock music not over not over beats with 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 a a guitar on it like i want literal live instrumentation a band playing metal music and i'm rapping over it that's what i want my music to go from here on out because that's really like those are the two genres that have been my two safe places so I've wanted to blend that for so long. So that's why I've been kind of focusing on the other things because I haven't been able to facilitate like guitar players or people who even understand that concept. No even shame. though LL Cool J's entire first catalog was created by Rick Steven, a rock guy. Go ahead, babe. You said what? No, I, 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 I was just saying that I don't understand how people don't get how rock and rap are so close together. When like, if you go back to how LL Cool J got started, he got started with Rick Rubin, who's a mm. rock guy. No shade, Do your homework, kid. I didn't even know. I, you, no shade, you just put me on too as well. Well, you know, I embrace being the old bitch in the room. But what were you about to say? <laughs> Um, there is an artist and I forgot his name I met him in Illinois in Salesburg's Illinois we both headlined a festival out out there and he was this rock star but he also spit and it was just so beautiful and I feel like because you're saying that you've never seen it and as soon as we get off the phone I will send you all of his information that's somebody I would love for you to connect with oh please Cause I, cause I write all the time. I'm always writing these, like, like, like I'll do these open verse challenges on sub, like, 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 like. Shout out to Maya the Dawn. Go listen to my Telfy verse. Okay, sure you. It's a shameless. No, not you, Maya the Dawn. (laughs) Maya the Dawn, come on the damn show. Um, cause I actually discovered Maya the Dawn through reality TV. Shout out to Candace from the from the Real Housewives of Potomac. But. yeah, so I, you know, I I write music all the time, but I'm just not in the studio because of that, because people, people don't get the vision. So please send me that. I would love to connect. And I'm all, you know, we out here in these streets. Here you. Now, how similar or different do you want your contribution in music to be to your contribution in television? The same. Love that. Listen, so I remember when I was 15 and I was singing at the time and I wanted a, a artist developer. I wanted somebody to develop me. And there was Damn. this woman named Zoraida who was this, she was the closest thing to Lauren Hill in Fayetteville, North Carolina mm. at that time. And I remember walking up to her like, hey, I heard you do artist development. I would really love if you could develop me. 
And she looked at me and she says, I, I don't do artist development, but however, I see something in you and I know you're going to go very far. But before we move, move forward, I need for you to answer a question. And I said, mm -hmm. anything, ready to answer it. Whatever the fuck it was, I was going to give her the answer right then and there. Okay. She said, when you die, when you pass, what do you want to be remembered for? And I, I asked her at 15, I asked her, well, she asked me that question at 15. I'd never, I didn't give her an answer until I was like 17. Mm -hmm. That's how long I took to think about what I wanted to be known for. So your question is, is the contributions, well, at what percentage between music and reality TV? My mm -hmm. whole goal in its entirety when I leave this earth is he helped the world heal become better to evolve to you know just be better he he's if you, no nah, let me not say that we'll talk about that off camera but that's that's okay. my goal what's the biggest lesson you've learned from reality tv um be on your shit be on your shit um Oh, no, the biggest lesson is nobody in this industry is your friend. Let's talk about it. Mm. Let's talk about it. There's nobody in this industry. If they're going for the same goal as you, they're not your friend. They're not I your friend. That. I hate that. Because I feel like an anomaly. I feel like an anomaly in the industry. Like, because I am one of those, I'm genuinely one of those people that is so comfortable being in my own lane. Like, I'm yes. not the girl that has to be the top bitch. I ain't got to be number one. Da -da 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 -da. I, I don't got to be the most famous. I don't got to have the most followers. I just want to take care of my family doing what I love. So if I can build up a reputable career that is, allowed me, that is allowing me and my family to be comfortable, then I'm cool. I don't got to be a billionaire. I ain't got to have millions. I ain't got to do all of that. I just want to be wow. able to sustain a comfortable lifestyle doing what I love. So I'm I always going to walk into a room not competing with nobody. So on some real shit, on some real, real, real shit, and I guess this is a Fayetteville thing, I guess we just, we admire and prioritize things differently than these people in big cities. However, that's how I am as well. Like, I don't care about what anybody is doing. No shade. If I can wake up and not hear news about what Beyonce and Rihanna ate for breakfast, I would be okay with that. Um, but it's not us. That's the issue or the problem. It's these other people that see our light because we have lights. Bingo. Hello. We have lights. Hello. And they hate how bright they shine. No matter how good you are to them. Matter of fact, I have friends that aren't even in music, but they get jealous of how much I travel for music. And it creates rifts. I'll never understand that. Like, it goes back to the beginning of this conversation when I was like, bitch, I'll never be upset about you being a busy man. Go off. Right. That's, that's, that's the time I'm on. No shade. Oh, brother, I'm so glad that you are so busy. That's, that's, this is what you wait. This is what you wish for your whole entire life. This is what we've been working for. Like, why would I not be happy you're in your bag in your moment doing it? Like, girl, I, 
I will be doing this podcast probably forever. So there's always going to be time for you to come on the show. Go get your bag, okay, bitch. Period. Like, we don't have Top Talk Tuesday um, every third Tuesday of the month. Hello. <laughs> I'm just, child, don't tempt me with a good time now. You know, period. there's so much I want to talk to you about off whenever we get off. Please do, child. We friends now, so, you know, slide in the DM. Okay. If you need the number, tell me, you know, we'll connect. I'm surprised I don't have it. Listen, you're a hard man to keep up with. So I just that like I so I try to remain professional and stay mm-hmm. in your emails, but I am one, as you've seen, that will go from oh, your yes. email to your DM and be like, Hey, I yes. was just making sure you got my message, you know, just you know, check Can it I in. Say professionally. Do you hear that plane in the back or are you good? I mean I do, but I mean it's fine. No problem. Um, professionally, you you each time you've done it, I I didn't feel disrespected. I didn't feel mad. I didn't feel like oh my god, like you bothering me. It was just so done, like it was unprofessionally enough to where it was just like oh, it's just so right. I do need to answer this email. Let me get to it. Um, and I, I want to say thank you, especially for your patience. Because if I was to tell you the week or the month I've had, like Lord, and what are your pronouns? Um, I don't subscribe to pronouns. Wow. So, however, I register to people. That's how I want them to register me because I'm more gender neutral. I specifically qualify as agender or a neutral. Um, but I'm one of those people that I don't subscribe to pronouns because I encompass the entire gender spectrum. So if Love I register that. you as male, call me he. If I register to you as female, call me she. If when in doubt, pick C and, and just call me they. Like, it really doesn't matter to me because I give it all. So What's, cra- what's crazy is this whole, like, interview so far, I've wanted to go between the two. Like, I'm like, bro, or like, girl. But I would stop myself because I, I didn't act formally. So, thank you. Ah, you're all good. Go with the moment because I... I am all the things. I more so consider myself more of an android than a human. Shout out to my Dragon Ball Z fans. But, um, <laughs> so, you uh, know, pronouns are just words. Ew. Ew, I like that. Uh, shout out to grown nerds. I love that. No, for real, I'm just learning that other people are nerds too and it's not just me. Same. Yeah. Like, same like all the oh people act oh okay people get it right okay right like people actually like harry potter like what like black people like harry potter really yes because growing up growing up my black friends no harry potter was not a thing yes like 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 i listen as much as i love wesley snipes i got tired of relating the back to black people with blade that's all i'm saying but love blade I, you know what and I don't hear enough credit for Blade because that was our black superhero for so long that still is my black superhero no shade we love uh, Black Panther and all of that but I was raised by former members of the Black Panther party so when you call me a black <laughs> so when you say Black Panther to me it means something completely different so you know Blade yeah. is my guy Shout out to Wakanda and them now. Okay, have you seen it? Not yet, because I'm waiting on date night and I don't necessarily go out in public unless I'm paid to or I'm, you know, following a big booty. 
Oh, oh, you so my language, top talk. That's top talk. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Top talk. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Look, I ain't got yeah. nothing to say. Next. <laughs> right. Okay. So now, what has you know what? We'll come back to that. Sticking to reality TV right now. What has reality TV done for your confidence? Um. Honestly, it tore to shreds at first. Mm. I, like, really. And not because of the audience or the comments, because you see yourself. You feel me? Like, you actually see yourself react. You see yourself, my facial expressions. I see how those clothes look on my body. Um, or I see, like, oh, my God, like, I need to work on how I say that or how I do that or mind my business here. You know, you just learn, you see so much about yourself. So at first it kind of, it, it, it just gets rid of what you thought you were. It gets rid of those thoughts. And then it helps you learn to become what you want to be. Cause I will say my first season, as far as how I look and things of that nature, I look cute, okay, cool. But I thought I looked <laughs> completely different, you know, than I actually looked. And so coming on to my second season, it was very imperative that there were certain things. If I have a performance, I want my hair braided. You feel mm-hmm. me? If I'm chilling with my friends, I want my hair in a bun. Right. If we're talking about music, I need it, I need to I need to sound like this. I need to be like this. You know, so so yeah, it's it's helped overall the bigger picture. Um, but it's ha- it, it has its days. Because now adding on the, the comment situation, that can really fuck you up. You can read 30 great comments and then that one bad one really is like, oh, that's what they think of me? But I didn't even do that. Like, mm. And that, what do you think the mentality of that is? Because, you know, when you say... When you said that it tore your confidence to shreds at first, the reason why it surprised me was because I immediately registered you as a fan favorite. And then you broke it down and it was like, it has nothing to do with the audience perception. It has to do everything with the perception of myself and how mm-hmm. I saw myself in that moment. And regardless of how, to your point of that one bad comment, no matter how much the audience loved me. You were the fan favorite. You were the trade of the season. Still are, no shade. But, um... (laughs) Hello? No, no, no. Yeah, so, just that one, like, even just the reception of negativity can make you crush can can make you question the entire portfolio of greatness that you feel for yourself. Mm-hmm. What do you think that is? Repeat that one more time. I'm sorry. If you can. Can you hear me? Yeah, sorry about that. Okay. But I... Well, just more so um, saying, like, what do you think the mentality behind that is? Like, where do you think that comes from where we can sit here and establish an entire fan base of thousands and millions of fans, and then we see five people on Twitter talking shit, and then all of a sudden, that's what we pay attention to? Because it's, it's, everybody does it. 
Well, let's like bring put this into another scenario, right? So mm-hmm. you are you have some drama going on in your life, and you go to two different friends. You have one friend that's going to tell you everything that you want to hear, and you love the conversation. You're really happy because they're saying what you, in your mind, want to hear. And then you go to that one friend that is going to tell you the truth. Like, bitch, you're in the wrong. You hit him. What makes you think he should give you the car back after you hit him? You feel what I'm saying? Like, and you immediately, you're mad at whoever said it because it's like, you're wrong. You don't even know what you're talking about. Or why would you say that? Or something like that. And it's just because we don't agree with that opinion or we did not that we don't agree with it. We didn't want to hear it. Mm, And it's there it is. And we didn't want to hear it. And then sometimes it's the truth. No shade. You know, got to be real. You know, they be real for filth, but it be the truth. With yourself first, honey. My my very first scene and the very first time I was in the group chats and shit like that. They were like, I had just cut my hair. So I had like just the middle patch. I don't know what they mm-hmm. call it. Um, and so somebody was like, damn, does he have alopecia or something? Like, you know, he can involve. And bitch, I was like, what? Bitch, like, hold the fuck up. No, this bitch is just stop saying I got alopecia. But my hair did look thin as fuck. Or it looked, mm-hmm. you know, the way that it was shaped. I had just got it cut. I, I ain't. It won't even cut properly how I have it now. You feel me? So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so yeah. So let's compare that to music because oh. see how reality TV could absolutely take that introspective confidence and turn it on its head. How does music serve you in that regard? Like, does music remind you of who you are? Or does music make you more vulnerable and scared to express yourself? Um, so like it really, so the type of artist that I am, I only write when I have something to say. Mm-hmm. I can't force Damn. myself to write. You feel me? No, it's not the same. Cause you say you write all the time. But see, I always have something to say. Oh, oh. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> like yeah. I don't just write bullshit. I don't just write bullshit now. Now when I want to so, play with the girls, then I'll do it. But mm-hmm. like I feel like I'm always writing about bigger purposes in my music and people just don't mm-hmm. catch what I'm saying. Right. Like I understand that. Like like even in my selfie verse, I actually called out download mainstream rappers, but nobody was paying attention. <clears throat> Please okay. They, it's not what they wanted to hear. Yeah. They want to keep it aside, don't win. They would rather but, um, just keep them DMs running. Uh, but yeah. so with music, it's also I can't write until I'm ready to write. So mm-hmm. I write my truth and my album stuff. I write my truth and I work, write my honest emotions and things like that. That's not how I am every day. I'm very stern and um, I keep to myself. Because mm-hmm. I feel like people, they treat you different when they know how you really feel or they act accordingly. How about that? And I'm I'm tired of people acting accordingly because, bitch, I'm going to act accordingly right the fuck back. And it's going to be Come on, wrong. same energy. Okay, hello. Um, so with music, when I am ready to write and I do have something 
to say it gives me the confidence to keep going and after i write my truth on that paper and i read it i feel better i feel like i finally let something go mm-hmm. you feel me but the difference between reality tv and music is just the fact that with reality tv no no no. with music you're getting what i want you to know you're getting the parts of the story that i want you to see i'm painting a picture for you that maybe yes i'm leaving out of detail you know if i'm talking about an ex or something like yes i probably threw a shoe at you but i'm not going to throw that put that in a song if that was on reality tv you would have seen everything there was nothing to hide behind there was nothing no story to create because you just see what's really happening does that make sense? That makes one thousand percent sense. That makes one thousand percent sense. Like there, like you can curate exactly what you want them to see when it comes to your music versus when it comes to reality TV. They see it all, whether you want them to see it or not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do you have your village? Define what do you mean by village? You know. I'm the old bitch in the club, so I'm so I, I come from the era where you know they say that it takes the village to raise a child. Mm. Do you have the people around you that real circle, whether it be as big as a period or as big as a donut hole, pun intended? Um, uh, do you have that group of people or that person or those two people, however many people it be? Do you have those people there that? no matter what unconditionally hold you down that are your safe space mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. good and can I tell you something crazy is that circle has nothing to do with the industry that's, that's how it that's, should be that's how ironic you know and that's why I say what I say in this industry there are no friends Mm. There are no friends, but that's my interpretation of what's going on in, in this life, in my lifestyle. Um, but yes, I do have the, that group of people, and they're all back home in Fayetteville. You know, <laughs> ironic. <clears throat> ironic. Love that. And and Listen, yeah. you need that, and I always ask that because I want to make sure that people have their safe space because this industry is crazy. Like, and I get exactly what, what what you mean when it says that it's no friends because it's all competition. Like, no matter what, y'all can all be on the same show, but y'all are all in competition whether you know it or not. Period. They want to be the it bitch. They want to be the nini. They want to be, you know, just the top of the food chain when in reality, like, if you just show who you really are, you would be that. No shade. If you show who you really are, you would be that. That's <laughs> why you are that. Okay. <sighs> so we're gonna. <laughs> we've been laying them out all all episode. No shade. No like, shade. We no just shade. wrote a mixtape during the course of this interview. We've written a whole <laughs> mixtape during during the, during the course of this interview. I, I love that. Now, we're going to close on a couple rap questions because the first question that I have is, is really an irrelevant question, but it's the setup for the next question. Okay. Okay. How important is writing your own rap? Very, very, very important. Very, 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 very important. However, mm-hmm. I have to be real. Mm-hmm. I 
if you <sighs> I am starting shit. to understand I am starting to understand the Grammy game and mm. the the billboard game and what it takes to make a mainstream song mm-hmm. well no let me not even say that shit I, I can't even say that shit it's very important to write my own lab period now if I'm I, in studio because somebody, you gave me a follow up question with that so quick I was like woo go ahead I'm um, like if I'm in the studio with somebody and I'm stuck somewhere or I'm having writer's block and somebody's like hey what if you say push it to the line instead of come to my mic you know if it's something like that, I'll definitely, I'll definitely take that either into consideration or I don't mind adopting that, but I give credit where credit is due. So even if it's for a word, I still give credit. As you should. As you should. Now, with that being said, if you could write a verse for anybody in the world, who would it be? Jack Carlo. Work. Tell me why. Um, I love what he does and everything. I just, I want to, like, if I had to write it for him, I would just try to get him out of a different pocket. I would try to get him in the Rico with a K pocket. Mm. I like and that. And it wouldn't be gay at all. It would just be a little bit more animated. And I want to see him spit. You feel me? I feel like he rap pretty. Yes, rap pretty. You feel me? Like when you rap, so you still look pretty as you rap. Like no, you ain't spitting to me. Very Drake like. Yeah, no, like to me, if you spitting, bitch, when you're like if Nicki Minaj came out with some shit, she always spitting. So when I learn it, bitch, my facial expressions like bitch, my mouth is wide as fuck, bitch. Oh, like. You're doing crazy shit, but you're spinning. Yes. That's that's what I want to see him do just once. I relate to that because I started as a dancer. The foundation for me before everything else is dance. And I always go back to Sierra with the stank face and how important <laughs> that is. Like, yeah. and then it makes me think about um Nikki's, I think it's my time again documentary. When she was like, if niggas don't hit my verse and they don't make the same face, it ain't hot. Nah, that's real as fuck. That's real as shit. Like I that's like I believe in I believe in a stank face. Like if it ain't like if you ain't like, oh shit, like if you ain't trying to rewind it, if you ain't like, wait, what, what happened? Like, I don't then I need to rewrite the whole damn song. You know, I've got myself in trouble with that mentality the past couple of times because I, in my mind, like I would record something and I think it's hot as fuck. And I send it to somebody and they're like, okay, yeah, that shit was high. I like that. That shit was dope. And I'm like, wait, but you didn't say that it was incredible, life changing. Like, you didn't say that it, like, you, you you didn't call it a blessing. Like, what is going on here? What? You, you didn't send the, the, you sent two fire emojis when you're supposed to send seven? This is worth seven fire emojis, bro. Where's my five mics, bro? Where's my okay. five mics? Uh, at least a gift. 
Bitch. Like you ain't gonna cash at me for blessing you with this early exclusive to, to as a matter to of record? fact, you didn't call me to figure out if I was okay from going so hard. Yeah. See? See? Bitch. We get ourselves in trouble like that. We get ourselves <laughs> in trouble like that. But that's why I only have out one mixtape. You said that's why you only have one mixtape? Yeah, because if I'm gonna put some shit out, it's gonna be a body. Like, it's gonna be a body. And listen, the mixtape that I put out was unmastered. And it's still a body. Okay. I like this new terminology. It's a body. It's a body. It's a body. I like like, this. Like, it just is. Because at the end of the day, like, I just don't know how to put out something that isn't going to even if it's unmastered the quality of the content the shit that i'm saying the bars that are coming out of my mouth shout out to chris tucker you got like you got like yeah at the end of the day you gonna like so talking about body and this shit like that like hold up hold up hold up hold up i got a body i got two bodies i got well i got a body it's about 10 feet tall remix it's out now I did a song with um, three incredible artists in Chicago, Mikey Everything, um, Aaron Gunn, Brandon with a V. Like, it was really, 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 really amazing. It's a dope, they're spitting. Oh my God, oh my God. I wish we could play music on here. I wish this was a real radio station. Uh, I, that's coming. That's okay, coming. no, let's manifest it. Yeah, we've got the setup, but I'm just making the um, time because I'm starting a podcast network right now when I'm producing six podcasts right now, so I just don't have the time. So we say six podcasts, like you have six podcasts or? Mm -hmm. Like I'm Mm -hmm. on and like I am hosting, producing and am distributing six different podcasts. Now, mind you, two are on air right now and then four are debuting in December. Okay, and are the premises the same for each? No. Um, this one is about like this is my talk show basically where I talk to con- talk to content creators about how they tell the tell their life stories through their connection to reality TV and, and their content and, and their platform. Then I have a show that's specifically on housewives. I uh, got one okay. show that's that's on Love is Blind, um, the American version. Then, then there's a second podcast that's on Love is Blind, the international version. I have a podcast that's all about um, black sitcoms. I have a podcast so, that's all about Kathy Griffin. And then I'm working on starting a podcast where I go back and watch all the episodes of, of Degrassi from the 80s all the way up until now. And yes, through the Drake years. Wow. Okay. So why do you not have one about Potomac? Um, because watching current Housewives is really hard for me. The Housewives podcast that I do have is about the nostalgia of the good old days of Housewives before the entire fucking franchise became completely problematic across the board. So it's hard for me but, to watch current housewives. Up. But Potomac is colorist as fuck. 
okay well yes that too but it's so good it is good but like i said activism is in my bloodline and i'm also from fedville and i'm also a virgo so those three things it's the like i'm at my i'm at my 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 capacity for unnecessary bullshit so like are you talking about what's currently going on or have they always been colored um, I'm talking about at least the past few seasons, but this season is it's blatant. Like this season is just hard to watch. Now, mind you, I've been I've had Potomac on my cape for years since day one. I've watched since day one. I love the girls down, but this season is unwatchable for me. I can't deal with the green eyed bitches. I can't deal with the colorism of. of of it all. I but can't you know, with the can I say something? The violence. It's just too much. Can I say something? I get Please. exactly what you're saying because it is heart wrenching. Like it's like fucking. Like I, I grind my teeth every time. You know they do something and say something. Um, mm-hmm. But I do feel like by the time the reunion comes on, they're going to be held accountable. And that's exactly what I'm hoping for. And if that doesn't happen by the reunion, I will be, I will have my stance on, you know, how you feel currently. Um, but at this moment in time, I'm also, it's entertainment. I know how you're you holding out hope. <laughs> I, yeah, that's exact. yes, that's what I'm doing. But it I is, understand that. I get what you're saying. Can I say what I don't like really quickly and then we can move on from the subject? Please go for it. Oh shit! Hold up. Hello. Uh huh. So sorry about that. My headphones uh, got out. But did you hear what I said? Yeah. Okay. So I really hate this because I love Wendy. Wendy is one of my favorite characters mm-hmm. on that show. I love her. Um, I really hate how. The Green Eyed Bandits are making it like, oh, a Winnie is just wrong. She shouldn't have lied. She lied. That is so wrong. I don't understand how they're equating that with somebody throwing shit at me and trying to attack me. Like, that. that's so hurtful. And that then on top so of that, hurtful. what makes it even worse for me, because I know that that's their MO their MO is to get Wendy off of the show by any means possible to the point of holding a double a double standard of violence to the point of icing out Monique di- trying to run that woman off of the show just because she whipped Candace ass but now all of a sudden because you don't like Wendy not only do you defend the woman that throws a drink on her but then you try to record her on your phone and encourage her to fight back but y'all are so un. But y'all are against violence. You wanted nothing to do with Monique. You was out here hiring security guards. You tried to paint this woman's husband as violent against women because he compared himself to a trans woman and wanted to slap the shit out of your ass. Deservedly so. But the you want to sit here, uh, wh- girl? Listen, Go ahead, I'm listening. No, because I feel the same anger you feel. Because like as they were arguing. And you heard Robin like, oh, she's being so antagonistic. She's just like, why would she antagonize her like that? Like, and I'm so Wendy sat there and minded her damn business. Literally, she sat there and minded her business. She sat there and told Mia to her face, listen, girl, 
what me and my husband do, who I check in with, is none of your business. The only person I'm checking in with, with when I go anywhere is my husband. I don't got to tell Peter shit. And, and whatever we do as far as business has nothing to do with you. And furthermore, it's unprofessional of Patricia's ass to be going around talking about his professional business dealings with random bitches. Okay, so now I got to ask. I got to ask. What's your stand on that, on that Wendy situation? Because I fully agree. My man is the only, the only motherfucker that needs to know I'm arriving in any motherfucking city. And for Peter to feel some type of way? Nigga, you ain't nobody. You Wait, ain't nobody. What? First of all, I thought your city was Charlotte. I ain't even know you was in Miami. First of all. Okay. So, so you with the Natalie Nunn shit? You don't run LA. Was right. You don't Minnie run MIA. Right. Keep your Minnie ass right. out of women's business. Stop trying <laughs> to be a damn bitch. <laughs> Dead ass. Because yeah. that's put like 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 that's bitch shit for me. First of all, we didn't even know you knew these people till this season. We ain't never seen you around none of these people before. Okay. First of all, why is it your city? We didn't even know that there was a bar one Miami. I didn't know. I thought your it's city right. was Charlotte. Mia with Mia. Oh yes, yes, my brother. When? Since when? Like hopefully this special. ain't the brother. Hopefully this ain't the brother that snaked you and your husband right out of y'all business. Ooh. You need to be more worried about that than you need to be worried about what Wendy's doing with her business. Because while you so worried about what business Wendy got going on with with Peter, your brother-in-law done stole your entire livelihood. Go throw a drink on that. Shug. And what's really crazy to me is the people that was really talking shit about you, like when the f- season first started, wasn't it the Green Eye Bandits talking about her hair? Hi. Wasn't they the one questioning your cancer journey? In this last episode, when she was shaking her ass, Robin was like, I don't see no love. Listen. On her ass, I was like, oh my God. And these, she's trying to, it feels like she's trying to be in with the cool girls. But we've been saying that since day one because y'all saw how she flip-flopped on Kern last season. Karen is the one that brought her ass on on the show and then she gonna sit here and after a fight with Giselle and Karen say well I think that that Giselle has a good spirit then gonna tell her that she called so and so a weak ass bitch like Mia is all over the damn place and where she need to be is at home minding the business that pays her bill you you need to go figure out what's going on with the empire that that your husband gave you that that you keep lying and saying you built we ain't gonna bring Drew, Drew Sedora in, into this because we're gonna drop her off in Tampa. But <laughs> you need to worry about the business that you are now losing because you got, I, just sit down somewhere. Just sit down. Just sit down. Just sit down. Sit down somewhere. Just range around and stop. Listen, you need to go talk to an uncle at a cookout and just learn something. Go read your Bible or something. Jesus, boy. All them women work my nerves right now. But it's not just Potomac. All the franchises get on my nerves. All of them. Yeah. I ain't yeah. watching No Housewives right now. All y'all know I'm, I'm so mad. We just had like a 30-minute rant about <laughs> the Housewives. Well, I mean, that's this what this show is for. talks about. Like, 
me and Dominique call each other at 10 o'clock, like at 10 o'clock in the morning every morning and talk about shows, like real life shit, like other shit outside of the industry, like. Listen, if you want to talk about love and hip hop, honey, fuck the housewives. I got so many questions about love and hip hop right now. What? That's the rant. First of all, what what the fuck is going on with these seasons? First of all, why was there a season 5A or or 10A and 10B? And what is going on with Atlanta? What is going on with New York? Where is New York? Where is Hollywood? (laughs) And then when it comes down to Atlanta, why did the cast in the first half of the season look completely different than than the cast in the second half of the season? Why is Carly Red still there? And where is her face? Okay, so real quick, I feel like they're filming Love and Hip Hop Hollywood right the fuck now. And I, I feel like Hazel, uh, Nasal E is definitely going to be on Not this Donna. season. <laughs> Listen, Masika, Masika's queen. Beast. Like, <laughs> Y'all want to talk about Queen of Reed. Like, uh, oh, you want to talk Masika? about reading? Let's talk nasty, about reading. That's one bitch. Not Look, if she's if she started talking, <laughs> no. if she started, yes, oh my god. <laughs> oh. And what if Masika comes back? I wish she's at I, a different place in her life. I want listen. I want the original cast from season one to come back, minus Omarion and his newly removed foreskin. I want Masika. I want Miss Nikki, baby. I want. You like how I just slid that in and kept going, right? You did. I did. I did. Shout out. Uh, you know, you know, it's you know, it's where it's supposed to be, if you know what I mean. I want Brooke Valentine back too. Bitch, I am begging. I want her to be the highest paid one of the show. I, I want Brooke. I want Tierra. I want Masika. I want I wanna I see Tierra. I want to see, see what Tierra at. She had Nikki the worst baby. run on reality TV. Yes, I've she had the listen, worst. I've been on a t- I've been on a Tierra Marie deep dive for like the past few days. Like I've been watching nothing but Tierra Marie content, listening to nothing but Tierra Marie music. And listen, she did deserve better. Go stream yeah. her song. Even in her first episode when she was introduced, she had that performance and she did horrible. And then she came to the back. Like it was just you just diminished every bit of your legacy, baby. Like, because at this point, I need a sponsor. You need one. You need one, like, girl. Because I, and then, and then you the same girl that came on this show trying to get your music career back together, chasing after Ray J ass, and then came on the show season two or three with 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 your ass leaking all across the set from getting so she. You know what? Holy Bible! I was just about to, to say. I was about to ask because I had seen it like a behind the scenes, not behind the scenes, but just some shit they had on YouTube. And mm-hmm. somebody had said that somebody's ass was leaking. Like they Tierra had just talked got, about got it. Their, their, oh, it was Tierra? She talked about it now. You may have saw somebody else talking about it, but I think it was like her addressing the rumors about it. But I think it was kind of like they were doing like, like a check yourself where like they watch the um show back and then they react to it. And from what I'm remembering watching, she was watching like 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 a scene back, and she was like, "Yeah, my ass may have been leaking. I just got a fed transfer, some, some, some." I was like, "Hey yo, hey yo, oh. 
Hey, yo. Oh. But yeah, I'm trying to figure out why half the fucking cast of Love & Hip Hop New York is in Atlanta. Andy, go home. Go home. Okay, no shade. Why, like, Safari? Go anywhere. Go to Jamaica. Go if start hear, Love & Hip Hop Jamaica. I'm so sick of Safari. If I hear another there. New York accent on Atlanta, I'm gonna scream. I'm done, bro. Like, I I just, Safari was done to me when he hit himself with with that damn chair trying to call the damn thing. Oh, yeah. I was like, sir. I would have laughed my ass off. You're a joke. You're a clown. I mean, DC's ass is ignorant. Talking about, yo, the brother's hurt. He hit himself with a chair. I was like, man, DC, you are no help, bro. You are no help, my dog. <laughs> But y'all need to go to New York. Sorry. Take your ass back to New York. Bring up, bring back Chrissy. Where's Kimbella? Where's Samaya Reese? Where's where's Olivia? Go do love and hip hop New York. Get oh. your ass out of Atlanta and bring me back to Atlanta. Girl. I wanna see where Olivia at. And did Rich give her her money? <laughs> he never gave that bitch her money. I don't think he ever gave her the money. We ain't never seen our ass again to talk about it, but that might be a reason why. Hello? I just, I just, I just, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Love and Hip Hop just, just got so many questions going on and I don't understand none of it. Like this show just seems like it's falling the entire fuck apart. Yeah. Although I do want to commend Scrappy. Scrappy is my favorite person on the damn show. The fact that we are finally seeing a grown ass straight man talk about mental health is so that's the best part of the fucking season for me. Yeah. I will say that. Hell yes. I felt And him. where the fuck is Mimi? Mimi? Where's Mimi? I'm probably on somebody's shower rod. Listen. I don't know. And where is Mimi's shower rod line? Why don't we get a product line? Because she went ahead she and did the damn sex tape. Yeah. Because if you one. remember when the sex tape came out, people was taking pictures like they was having shower rods and in Home Depot in Lowe's talking about Mimi's shower rod. That is leaked that shit on purpose. I mean, she literally filmed a whole porn, lied about it for a whole season, and then came back and ruined her friendship with Arian because she didn't want to accept the fact that she lied about it and people were going to hurt her hold her accountable about it. Listen, that scene when Erica and Arian watched Mimi's sex tape still heart-wrenching to this day. You better get your friend before I hurt your feelings. She got a child. Bitch, Erica Dixon is the one. I don't give a fuck what nobody say. Erica Dixon is the one. Bring her back and make her the centipede. <laughs> Okay. Rashida not gonna rap. Leave the show. Leave the show. Oh yeah, I think I think the seniors, the vets, the vets, the old ass vets need to leave. I'm tired. Cause listen, Carly been hanging on by the thread of a syringe for the past six. That bitch went number one on iTunes. Shut the shut up. She's that girl. Thank you, Spice. Thank you, Spice. She's that girl. Girl. Yeah. Okay. Did, did you listen to Prada Louis Gucci? That's my shit. You, 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 she my 
she must gonna be on top talk. She on the album. Okay, period. Yes. You must got carbon on the album. And I'm gonna go number one on iTunes. Listen, you do a song with Carly, I'll do a song with us, fight. Period. Okay. Then we'll both do a three-way song with Tommy, because I miss Tommy on the show, too. <laughs> yeah, Tommy was a, be- a beautiful train wreck. Yes, one million percent. She was a gorgeous, gorgeous mess. Shout out yeah. to her. In fact, bring Auden back. Scrap and his big ass nose that I think is so sexy. Oh my God. <laughs> Listen, Karen King, the one, my favorite mother on all reality TV is Karen King, period. Huh. She was on America's Most Wanted. Like, girl, she was on the she was on the most wanted list. Like, who fuck up with Karen King? Girl that. She's really that girl. <laughs> She's really, really that girl. Um, so what you so hmm, <laughs> what you think is going on with Love and Hip Hop Miami? Cause I went listen, season three came and went. I didn't even know what happened. Season four I watched one episode, found out Shay was pregnant, and I was done. I was like, I, I can't take no more of this. Did no, you it watch was her. Love? I about Miami. I did. I did watch a little bit of this season, but I stopped watching it. Well, I had no choice. But I remember seeing that the, the season finale came out, and then all parts of the reunion came out on the same night. And I was like, Really? What is going on? Something, something to that effect. Like it was like the season finale and the reunion in the same night. And here I am worried about the budget for the damn reunion. Why did it look like they was in Trick Daddy backyard? Okay. All the reunions been looking trash as fuck. I think the network Miami are... looked like they were sitting on plastic chairs from the Fellowship Hall down to the Baptist Church on fake side in Trick Daddy's backyard. So I have an answer to your question. I feel like the networks are probably saying that the, just the the likeliness of this show, of Love & Hip Hop, it's it's diminished. It doesn't have the same impact that it had, you know, five years ago, six years ago. And the budgeting probably has gotten cut short and the creators of the show are putting in, you know, whatever they have to keep it going so that they can get their, you know, their just due. That's my opinion. Oh, I agree one million percent because it's obvious that budget is cut. Like, yeah. you go right on down to the Atlanta reunion too. They look like they sitting in the damn parking lot. What is happening? Yeah. Oh, we see it, child. But I think after Mona stopped being real involved with the show like that, like like I think she stopped being the EP of the show, it just went completely downhill. But I think she probably saw the lo- she saw the writing on the wall early, and she said, "Child, let me go ahead and get out of Dodge quick before they start blaming me for this shit." Okay. How many yeah. more seasons do you think that we're gonna get of Love and Hip Hop? Honestly, I feel like they're on their last leg. I feel like Love and Hip Hop Hollywood could potentially and possibly be the saving grace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I want to see what's uh what's what's that the singer name with the mama? The singer with the mama. Shout out to Lyrica. Lyrica. 
I want to see what Lyrica doing. I know he want to see this season be her be a bad bitch. If I could get Lyrica without seeing A1, I would love that. Yes. Or if we did A1. see A1, we see him quickly. Like, she's at a, a premiere looking bad as fuck and he come in real quick and then they look at each other and they just keep on going or something like that. All right, cool. Like, I just want to see him drop off the baby and leave. Drop off Ocean and leave. Actually, I want to see I want to see him drop the baby off and they get into an argument and all she doing is looking like a bad bitch, even holding the baby. If she's not going to give me that scene from that last season of Hollywood where she was out there fake crying on the floor talk about I think this bitch is crazy. This bitch is ill. That girl, she... Lyrica's a goddamn fool. But I do love her music, though. I do love yeah. her music. That Adia album was lovely. Yeah. That Adia album was great. Mm-hmm. You know what? Speaking of speaking of people who do music in reality TV, did you listen to Deep Space? Candace's album? No, but I did hear Drive Back. Drive back. I did, and I do love Drive Back. Drive back. So I do support that song. I just haven't heard the rest of the album. Is it good? It is so fucking good. It is. Listen, I did not know what to expect from, from mm-hmm. Candace, but then when Drive Back came out, I was like, oh, okay, she really, th- oh, she's doing R&B. She's doing ribs and barbecue, rhythm and blues, ratchet and banjo. Okay, so this album is so good. And the way that she works the Real Housewives of Potomac into the album is also just chef's kiss. Like, she got interludes. She got her cussing Chris out on the album. Like, it is so fucking good. And then just the songs are good. Go and listen to her song, Is It Enough? Just start there and just put the album on shuffle. Okay. Okay. Yes, God. Yes, God. Now, before I let you go, because I could sit here and literally talk to you for another four hours. (laughs) That's what it feels like. And I want to actually engage with you off mic about real shit. So before we actually close the formal, informal conversation, First of all, do you have any closing thoughts? <laughs> Anything that you need to get off of your chest, close, final parting words, advice for the listeners? Um, well, first off, I want to say thank you to having me on your platform. Um, this was great. I had a great time, a great talk. Um, thank you for what you're doing for the community, especially people like me, people like Oliver, people like Dominique, whoever else you're going to have on this platform. Um, you're a beautiful soul. Continue with your music and your purpose. Um, and to the listeners, um, fuck all the haters. Um, swallow if you can, if they're your man. Um, okay. And if you have a motherfucking dream, for real, for real, chase that shit, do that shit, and live life to the fullest. Have a great time doing it. You know, it's actually really much more funner when you treat yourself like you're established. It's 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 a different feel. So do that. And know your worth. 
and expand on your worth and keep evolving. Top talk. Top talk, bitch. That, you know what? And to double down on your point, treating yourself like you're established, like, that's why I do my podcast the way that I do it. Like, I do my podcast Mm -hmm. like a talk show. I release new episodes five days a week because I'm laying the foundation for for the talk show that will eventually come. Like, I'm letting y'all know, bitch, I already do a talk show. Y'all don't gotta tell me that I need to get ready to do a talk show. I'm already doing it. Period. Period. (laughs) Thank you so much. Those were amazing words. I really appreciate that. You are welcome anytime. Top Talk Tuesday. Stay tuned. Okay. Um, Um, And if you want to come back and recap the the reunion for the Potomac, we can come back and do that. Yes. Oh my God. I'm gonna have fun. I'll watch it just for you. I'll watch it for you. I think you should. I really think you should. I'll watch it for you. I will watch it for you, especially now that Monique and Chris are not coming back to Love and Marriage DC. I listen. How what? Last question. How was she on that? Was she? How was it entertaining? I wish we would have got a second season because the first season was great as a whole. But the first season was more so about the other couples on the show. And I came for Monique Samuels and I stayed for Ashley Silva. Right? Mm -hmm. So, but the problem is, is that Monique brought the fans to to the show because they, they sold the show as Monique from Potomac coming and bringing us her group of friends and she's casting the show. But then she was going to Africa half of the damn season. So, which was smart because we already know Monique. Like, they was gearing this show towards Monique's fans and the Real Housewives fans. And so they were bringing us into these new people. So we got to know the new cast of the show, which was great. Mm-hmm. But I wish that if we would have got a second season, we would have gotten more of Monique and Chris's story because I don't feel like we got enough of that because they were trying to anchor the other cast members and introduce them. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. I get it. But they're not coming back, so all's well that ends well. I feel bad for Ashley Silva carrying that whole damn show on her back, but she'll be on the show soon, so I'll get to ask her about it. Shout shout out to her. Um, But, uh, yeah, so before we officially close out, let the people know where they can find you, where to follow you, where to get all the music, where to get the golden ticket, where to get Top Talk, where to get Swallow where they can get all the new music coming so um you can follow me everywhere at rico with the k um r-i-k-o-w-i-c-h-a-k um you can look me up on itunes at rico with the k um and yeah i'm easy to find to google me or whatever the case may be google me baby um (laughs) (laughs) yeah classic uh, um, other than that, please stream Swallow, um, featuring Seven Deep, who I love deeply, um, and also Ten Feet Tall, featuring Mikey Everything, Aaron Gunn, and Brandon with the B. And we're going out of fucking K. Period. Ah, yes. Yeah. Make sure you guys swallow, download, stream, stream, and then swallow. Swallow while streaming. Yes, actually, it's a beautiful head song. Like I promise. If you can't make somebody nut by the end of that, keep trying. Keep playing the song. 
<laughs> Play the song and learn something. Do your throat kegels. I, I, I don't know. Pray about it. I yeah. don't know. Figure it out. But as somebody who's listened to the song and as somebody who swallowed to swallow to swallow, good job. Thank you. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. It makes it makes it makes the experience just that just that much sweeter, if you know what I mean. Okay. But listen, we getting ready to get out of here. Y'all go stream and do stuff. Follow and subscribe. Find music. Go to iTunes first, and then stream it on Apple Music or whatever y'all y'all play it on. Um, go go binge chasing Atlanta, specifically seasons four and five. Um, uh, go big, Rico for beard oil since he is a model for that. We, yes. We didn't get a chance to um talk about that, but you know you'll but you'll be back. Um, Period. And yeah, we're getting ready to hop off here. We'll we'll be talking offline. Y'all will be swallowing. Ah, the way <laughs> y'all enjoy the rest of your day. Bye, guys. Bye. everybody that was my conversation with rico with a k i hope that you guys enjoyed this conversation as much as i did i hope that you guys learned a little something about fayetteville north carolina and the type of people that it breeds from the city i hope that you guys go straight over to his instagram page follow rico with a k go listen to the golden ticket the first album go listen to top talk the new music coming go stream swallow go binge chasing atlanta just make sure you're keeping up with all things Rico with a K and let them know that Sean Ellis Rogers sent you. Okay. I really enjoyed bonding with somebody who was from my hometown because, you know, as somebody who considers themselves a bit of a gypsy and floats around from wherever to wherever, because I don't really have many things or people tying me down to any place in my life. It's good to remember why I call Fayetteville, North Carolina, my hometown. It's not just the place I was born. It was also the place that I came of age and I became my most self. It's the place that I really figured out who I was, you know what I mean? And going to school there, being a part of that environment and a part of that culture really taught me something different about life. And I attribute a lot of the work ethic and a lot of the determinations and the life lessons that I've learned and carried into not only my career, but my life as a whole from being from Fedville. So... You know, I may consider myself a gypsy, but Fedville is always home. And Rico with a K really reminded me why that is. I couldn't appreciate him more for that. And I can't wait to get to know him further and collaborate with him more. So with that being said, I appreciate every single one of you guys from being here. I love every single one of you from the bottom of my green heart emoji. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast. Follow me on Instagram, Real Reality Realness on Instagram, Sean Ellis Rogers on Instagram, Talent Group Podcasts on Instagram. Make sure you guys follow housewiveshistory.ms to make sure you keep up with Housewives History with Megan and Sean. And 
Make sure you get an early follow on all of my new podcasts coming. Two Pods, Four Walls, Blind Love Abroad, Sean Ellis Rogers is Not Kathy Griffin, and Back to Black Throwbacks. Because those are just the beginning of my podcast network. I already have some more shows in development, but you got to stay tuned. So on that note, I want to make sure that you guys be real, stay in reality, and always, always bring the realness. I am Sean Ellis Rogers. This has been Real Reality Realness. And until next time, love you. Bye. Peace.